From MIT Technology Review, I'm Laurel Ruma, and this is Business Lab, the show that helps business leaders make sense of new technologies coming out of the lab and into the marketplace. Our topic today is building the future with technology. To solve big challenges like sustainability and digital transformation, enterprises are looking to cutting edge technology adoption to help evolve their own businesses, as well as offer the best products and services to customers. How can AI and other technologies help with these lofty goals now? Two words for you, shaping tomorrow. My guest is Dr. Yong Ray. Dr. Ray is the Chief Technology Officer and Senior Vice President of Lenovo Group. He is also a member of the Lenovo Executive Committee. Dr. Ray is a world-renowned technologist and fellow of ACM, the American Association for the Advancement of Science, IEEE, the International Association for Pattern Recognition, and the Society of Photographic Instrumentation Engineers. This episode of Business Lab is sponsored by Lenovo. Welcome, Dr. Ray. Great to see you, Laurel. Lovely to have you here. So we should start by discussing Lenovo's own digital transformation with a shift from being a hardware company to a services and beyond company. Part of that shift is a concept Lenovo calls new IT. What is new IT and how is it helping Lenovo with its own transformation? Uh, Laura, that's a great question. Before talking about the concept of new IT, uh, probably uh, let me say a few words about the traditional IT, which people are very familiar with. Traditional IT features devices, servers, data centers, and on-prem applications. But the new IT concept proposed by Lenovo is made up of five elements, client, edge, cloud, network, and intelligence. The mission of the new IT is to enable and empower the intelligent transformation of various industries like manufacturing, transportation, finance, education, and so on. As you've just mentioned, Lenovo is shifting from being a hardware-oriented company to a innovation-driven, service-led company. This change, of course, is huge. And the new IT technology architecture is the very engine or cornerstone to make that happen. And over the past few years, we've made a lot of progress. So let, let, let me talk about those uh, uh, five elements. On the client side, Lenovo launched its cloud PC product, which is equipped with shared cloud and device computing power and storage. It is a hybrid workspace solution specifically built for small and medium-sized business. And in early 2022, Lenovo created its edge computing business unit, consisting of a full-range edge hardware portfolio, software computing platform called Lenovo Edge Cloud, few-shot learning technology-enabled Edge AI, and end-to-end -end edge solutions. That's on the edge side. And on CloudSide, also in 2022, Lenovo established its hybrid cloud business unit, focusing on technologies and products 
on cloud native, AI ops, and multi-cloud management. Then comes the network after client edge and cloud. For network, Lenovo is building core competencies on 5G and cloud network convergence technologies. We develop hardware, software, and solutions on 5G cloudified base station, 5G core network, and vehicle road coordination systems. And of course, finally, the fifth and last key element of this new IT architecture is intelligence or AI. By developing and leveraging AI technologies, Lenovo is smartifying its line of products. So there's certainly a lot there. How will new IT help companies with their digital transformation efforts? Laurel, that's correct. Uh, a lot of uh, content there, uh, those five elements. Probably let me say more uh, about how this new, new IT architecture can help Lenovo and other companies own digital transformation. Uh, first, Lenovo did not put forward the concept of new IT just for our own sake. It empowers Lenovo and also benefits various industries at large. Let me share one example. Uh, we all know product quality inspection used to be conducted by human workers, but it is actually a very tedious and time-consuming task. Also, after a few hours, human workers may get very tired and therefore can make mistakes. Fortunately, new IT is coming to help. And in fact, product quality inspection is a typical application scenario involving new IT because it requires a high degree of collaboration between cloud, edge, and device to ensure it works well. On cloud side, a master AI model is trained with public available cloud that's on the cloud side. And uh, after being compressed, a smaller model is deployed to edge servers at the factory. When the model is applied to the device side, the inspection camera captures product images and recognize defects. This is, of course, the ideal situation. In reality, there are two challenges. First, the AI model on edge may encounter new defects that it has never seen before during training. And second challenge, compared with non-defect examples, the defect examples are very few. Therefore, it's hard for the AI model to learn. And as we know, for example, deep learning will need large amount of examples to learn. But fortunately, Lenovo has developed few shot learning or small sample learning technology where the pre-trained AI model will self-adapt to the new situation in the factory with very few training samples. Additionally, multiple edges can work together with the cloud to update the master model on the cloud side based on the respective adapted uh, edge models. So that's uh, a scenario. And let me share a real case. Lenovo has developed a new IT solution 
for a world-leading manufacturer of uh, computer monitors. The system can identify more than 30 different types of screen defects. And what's more, the system is self-adaptive and can learn to identify and inspect new defects it has never seen before. After the system was put into operation, display defect inspection efficiency and accuracy increased by 30%, therefore greatly improving that company's digital and intelligent transformation. This is, of course, just one example case. So far, Lenovo's new IT technology and solutions have been deployed to almost a thousand companies in diverse industries. That is uh, very impressive because that new IT made up of those five elements of client, edge, cloud, network, and intelligence can be seen how it's really infused through kind of each layer of a product ecosystem. But how specifically is artificial intelligence helping build those new products? providing more data insights and also then transforming co companies. Why should companies be excited about the current state of AI as well as what it promises? Laurel, that's another great question. Uh, you know I'm an AI person and uh, <laughs> I always get really excited. So my understanding is with the development of deep learning and other technologies, AI is uh, witnessing rapid development and is profoundly transforming how a company operates, as well as how its products, services, solutions are made and sold. So before I walk you through a manufacturing example, let's first talk about the 2016 Go match between AlphaGo and Lee Shido, uh, the 18-time Go world champion from South Korea. We all remember that uh, AlphaGo actually beat the human champion back in uh, 2016. But what is the task for AlphaGo? It actually needs to find the best move to land a stone on the 19 by 19, which is 361 grid, not only for one move, but need to take into consideration for all the future moves. And it turned out the computation complexity of Go is much bigger than that of chess. And it's also much bigger than the number of atoms in the universe. Hmm. This actually reminds us how complex it is to find the best move in Go. So that's Go. Um, but let me come back to where we're talking about. So with that in mind, let's turn our attention to manufacturing. In the manufacturing industry, a factory usually uh, divides each customer's order into a series of production tasks and then assign them to specific production lines. This is called production scheduling and planning. And a dozen of uh, complex factors need to be taken into consideration. For example, manpower, equipment, raw materials, production processes and methods. So given this uh, countless possible combinations, it's actually very challenging to make a production scheduling plan that meets the multiple conditions and constraints 
and at the same time, maximize the productivity through optimization of production resources available. So assigning a production task to a particular production line at a particular time is very much like the game of Go, in which players need to find the best move out of the complex options we just described above, right? Assigning a particular manufacturing order to a specific production line at a specific time is very similar to find the best move in the game of Go. Very similar. So if we understand uh, the, uh, the game between AlphaGo and Li, Li Shido back in uh, uh, 2016, we can appreciate it's almost as complex as scheduling a production line. So to deal with this problem, uh, we used uh, deep learning and reinforcement learning to develop the Lenovo Advanced Production Scheduling System, or LAPS. And we have developed uh, and we have deployed LAPS to LCFC. Uh, and LCFC is the largest PC manufacturing facility of Lenovo. LCFC is the size of 42 standard soccer fields hmm. and has multiple campuses and dozens of production lines and receives thousands of customer orders every day. It's, it's really big. And for every eight PCs sold in the world, one of them is built at LCFC. And uh, LCFC produces more than 500 types of PC products from over 300,000 types of production materials. Uh, as you can imagine, this is a, the scheduling of this factory is very complex. But the good thing is uh, we built this LAPS system. And since the LAPS system was put into use, the benefit has been significant. To illustrate its effectiveness, we held a machine versus human competition in the first few months of deployment of the LAPS system at uh, LCFC. And uh, uh, if you recall, uh, this competition is uh, very similar to the competition of the uh, AlphaGo and Li Shido. Uh, but in that case, is uh, a computer versus a human champion. In our case, is a computer versus a experienced scheduling worker. So the only difference in that, as I said, uh, is uh, how to have uh, AlphaGo uh, need to decide where to put the stone uh, on the board. And in our case, the LAPS needs to decide where to put the production task. So what we, we wanted to find out, you know, who will be the ultimate uh, winner when it comes to scheduling the LAPS system or the human worker in charge of the production scheduling. It uh, actually may or may not surprise you, but uh, our AI-enabled LAPS system outperformed the experienced production scheduling worker every single time. <laughs> and the uh, LCFC's uh, PC production volume went up by 19%, and the backlogs were down by 20%. And in addition to this uh, increased production efficiency, uh, the time spent on calculating the scheduling dropped significantly too. 
So compared with the six hours the human workers spend on production scheduling every day, it only took LAPS system several minutes to give us an answer. So that's a six hours versus a few minutes. This is just one of the many examples how AI is transforming industries uh, as we know it. You just mentioned that the current uh, state of AI and what it promises. So I talked about the current state, and I also want to say a few words about promises. So uh, it's true that AI is seeing great uh, growth and is being applied to uh, products, services, and vertical solutions, making them smarter and more effective. But there is uh, still a lot of work to be done before AI can unleash its bigger potential. Uh, right now, AI is mostly data-driven. And we need to feed massive amount of data to the AI uh, uh, platform and model so that it can learn to recognize, say, uh, what a cat is. But the human baby does not learn to recognize a cat this way. <laughs> the babies, they go out, see a cat or two, and then they know what a cat looks like. They don't need a million training samples, right? They only need one or two. So that's very different. So they don't need uh, big data to learn. Uh, instead, small data is sufficient. So this is one of the big challenges that needs to be addressed for AI to reach the next level. So one possible route is to move from today's data-driven AI to future hybrid AI, where it integrates both the data-driven and knowledge-driven together. So that's uh, my thoughts about uh, AI's future. No, that's, that's amazing. It's also really interesting to hear about AI in production in the manufacturing. And then this idea of learning AI, and like you said, a, a baby doesn't learn what a cat is. Um, and, and there's clearly so much uh, in between each of those those ideas. I think particularly this this concept is so complex. And when we think about how AI is now changing and kind of evolving into this thing we're now calling the industrial metaverse, right? Which is a blend of kind of those virtual and real world capabilities. This isn't science fiction anymore. This is actually happening. So what are some of those examples of extended rea reality or XR that we might see in those next few years? Uh, that's correct, Laurel. Actually, uh, uh, I think uh, the reality is here. <laughs> and uh, uh, with that said, um, the metaverse itself is uh, still in its early stage of development. And different people have different uh, definitions of what the metaverse is. Uh, from Lenovo's perspective, the metaverse is a hybrid of physical and virtual worlds where people and objects connect and interact with each other. And uh, the XR devices, uh, including AR, VR, MR, are the key human-machine interface of and the portal to the metaverse. With the combined and reinforced information from both worlds, the physical and the virtual in the metaverse, we can provide users with more immersive and interactive experiences and solve industry challenges with higher efficiency and lower cost. 
So let me uh, let me uh, show you a example. So let's take the electric power industry for example. Historically, uh, the inspection of uh, power station equipment has been time-consuming and sometimes, as you can imagine, dangerous. Uh, besides, human workers can make make mistakes, uh, causing power outages and other accidents. As such, these tasks can incur high cost for uh, power companies. But now, with the new metaverse technologies, we have the possibility to transform this industry into a safer and more efficient uh, industry. The key is to build a metaverse that connects the virtual and the physical. And we actually, uh, we, we thought about this a lot and uh, we concluded there are three ways to achieve this. Uh, the three ways are physical virtual mapping, physical virtual superimposition, and physical virtual interactivity. Uh, again, let me uh, use the electric power industry example to illustrate this. First, the physical virtual mapping means that we need to build a virtual version of the physical power station, which we refer to as the metaspace. Uh, actually, two months ago, we just finished our tech world. I have a pretty detailed description about this uh, metaspace. I probably won't have time to uh, go over that uh, today with you. But uh, you know, for those uh, audience who have interest, I would refer them to the uh, Tech World 2022 uh, happened in October. Uh, they can have uh, a more detailed um, scenario there. And mm. then after this, um, after this uh, physical virtual mapping, then comes the physical virtual superimposition, uh, which means we overlay the digital information onto real objects through, for instance, AR glasses. This actually will significantly augment the capabilities of human workers, allowing them to check the status and identify malfunctions faster and perform maintenance tasks more efficiently. And thirdly, the human worker are not able to cover every corner of the power station, especially those uh, uh, the hazardous areas that uh, poses uh, risks to health and life. In that case, human workers can send a physical robot to do the job in their place. Uh, they can plan a path for the robot in the virtual power station. Then the robot can move in the physical power station and perform the inspection task, including recognizing equipment readings, detecting abnormal heat, and monitoring equipment status in the power station. And the third way, again, uh, we call it the physical virtual interactivity. So those are the uh, three ways we think that we connect uh, the virtual and physical world. And of course, uh, above, I use the power station inspection as example to illustrate the metaverse. But these technologies uh, really can create huge opportunities across many other industries. Yeah, you can really imagine that example in healthcare just being absolutely industry changing if you were able to 
Yeah, yeah, that's it's really quite astounding. And I think it's a good distinction to really define for folks what the industrial metaverse could bring us with this ability, with the XR technologies, um, to, to do things that haven't been done before with that nice blend between what is virtual and then that physical world. So speaking of that physical world, how, how will adoption of technologies like these that we've been talking about today help sustainability and enterprise social and governance or ESG goals? And what are Lenovo's own sustainability goals? Because as you mentioned, uh, those enormous um, factories creating a number of, uh, of laptops, one out of every eight in the world, that's, uh, that's quite a challenge for Lenovo as well. Laura, thank you for asking this question. Um, I think uh, for any technology innovation, uh, we should be uh, responsible too. And you just mentioned that uh, uh, the huge factory LCFC, right? Imagine if we can save uh, uh, 5% of electricity power, mm. that's gonna save a lot of uh, carbon emission, right? That can reduce a lot of carbon emission. That's definitely something we are uh, very uh, committed to and we are very seriously uh, working on. So overall, uh, Lenovo is committed to achieve a sustainable growth by helping uh, decarbonize the global economy. Uh, that's one of humanity's greatest uh, challenges by contributing to societal development as well as business governance. So let me go through uh, some of those aspects. Environmentally, Lenovo is fully committed to carbon uh, footprint reduction in its uh, operations. After exceeding our 2020 carbon emission reduction target, we have set a vision of achieving net zero by 2050. Lenovo has been focusing on CO2 emission reduction in many areas, uh, such as in production, uh, which we just uh, talked about, transportation and distribution processes, and also product packaging. That's on the environmental uh, side. On the social side, socially, we believe the technology must be inclusive and accessible to all, especially those most in need of the technology. And in governance, Lenovo has made it a priority to comply with laws and regulations and uphold high ethical standards everywhere we do business, including data privacy, product quality, and innovation. So let me share with you a couple of examples of uh, how technology contributes to the ESG goals. Uh, the first example I wanna talk about is the warm water cooling of data center. Lenovo's warm water cooling technology uh, combined with our high performance computing cluster helps data center customers become more energy efficient. The technology can improve the overall power usage effectiveness, PUE, to below 1.1. Uh, the smaller number, the better. Uh, the industry normal is probably 1.3, 1.4, uh, but with our technology, we can reduce that to 1.1, reducing energy consumption and uh, indirect carbon emissions by more than 42%. And specifically, the old way to cool the data center room is to blow the hot air away by using fans. Uh, as you can imagine, this is far from efficient for the current and future HPC solutions. 
This is where the concept of warm water cooling comes in. Uh, we actually, uh, uh, let me emphasize this, this warm water cooling. We don't need to cool the water first because mm. if we cool the water first, we also need to consume energy. That's not good. So we don't cool the water first. We just have the room temperature uh, water comes in. And uh, the room temperature, room temperature water goes through our award-winning warm water cooling system. And the room temperature water removes the data center heat cleanly and quietly. And after this, the room temperature water will reach about 60 degrees Celsius. So it's become room temperature from room temperature to a kind of a much uh, a higher temperature water. And because this water is in a pipe system, the heated water now can be reused to heat nearby facilities like swimming pools and office buildings. Hmm. So that's even better, right? So um, when the water comes in, it's room temperature. When it goes out from the data center, it's being heated. And that heated water can be used in other facilities like in the office buildings. So that's the uh, first example on our Lenovo water cooling system for data centers. The second example I want to share with you is about our low temperature uh, solder uh, technology. In 2017, Lenovo pioneered a innovative low temperature solder technology. And last year, Lenovo has shipped 14.2 million laptops manufactured with this uh, low temperature solder uh, processes. And uh, total we have shipped since uh, 2017, uh, about 15 million uh, laptops. This has resulted in a total reduction of 10,000 metric tons of CO2 emissions. Lenovo is also working to expand the use of this technology and drive benefits that extend beyond the environment, including improved reliability, efficiency, and cost, uh, all those areas beyond just the environment. Since uh, last year, Lenovo has uh, greatly extended this technology to more and more sub-module sub -module vendors. Uh, those are the suppliers to Lenovo, not only we use this technology for ourselves, but also to our suppliers. And they produce uh, parts uh, such as SSD, wireless modules, display panels, memory and human interface device modules. Uh, and uh, we not only give this to our um, suppliers, but also sharing this technology to industry openly, supporting low carbon footprint uh, transformation. So that's the second example I want to share with you. And the third example is the uh, inclusive product design. Lenovo has a product diversity office that reviews and evaluates product features from diversity, equity, and inclusion perspectives. And we do this regularly for all of our products. And if you use our ThinkPad uh, before, uh, you probably can uh, remember uh, for our keyboard, the F and J keys, they have this uh, raised lines to help those uh, visually impaired PC users to uh, properly uh, align their fingers on the keyboard. Uh, so for 
all the functions and features in our products, um, we want to think about uh, what's the diversity, what's the equity, and what is the inclusion uh, we need to uh, think through so that uh, our product is more inclusive. So those are the three examples I want to share with you uh, on the ESG aspects. No, those are all very important, and I'm glad you touched on the ecosystem that really is needed for all of us work to, to work together and keep focused on those ESG goals. It's not something that is done alone, is it? Wonderful. Yes, we definitely need to work with uh, all the partners, all the industry to make this happen. So although we've been talking about a lot of sort of futuristic technologies, some aren't that far off. In the next few years, how does thinking about this kind of innovation and what is coming really help Lenovo and its customers with their own digital transformations now and then to plan for this new technology? Mm. Uh, yes, when it comes to Lenovo, I think other companies as well, uh, digital transformation, we need to be forward-looking. Probably it is not a wise idea to only pay attention to what's happening right now. Uh, really, we need to forward-looking. Sometimes those uh, technologies are far off in the future, but it can also change the way we're thinking today. So let me uh, expand a little more on this concept. We have just talked about uh, some examples around AI and how AI smartifies our manufacturing processes, our global supply chain, our services and solutions, and of course, our PCs and tablets and smartphones and data centers. But let me give a, another example here. Uh, I have to admit this is a little bit uh, technical, uh, but bear with me. I think uh, this uh, heterogeneous computing will be a very important uh, technology for the future. If we look back at the history of computing, say for the past 60 years, we can see that in the past decades, computing workload has changed dramatically. For example, uh, modern workloads such as video analytics and AI model training have very different computing patterns and resource requirements than the traditional workload. Previously, computing for traditional workload is mostly done by CPU, right? We all heard about CPU, right? And the traditional workload is mostly calculated, computed by CPU. But today, given the uh, workload has changed, as I mentioned in uh, things like video analytics, uh, AI model training, sometimes it may be more efficient and more effective to use GPU, NPU, DPU in addition to CPU. And this is called the heterogeneous computing. Uh, it used to be just CPU, uh, so it's homogeneous. But today, in addition to CPU, we have GPU, NPU, DPU, and other PUs. And this is called heterogeneous computing uh, to make computing more efficient and effective. GPU is very good at uh, parallel computing. NPU is good at uh, uh, machine learning and AI. And DPU offloads data transmission from CPU so that CPU can concentrate on uh, computing and DPU is going to move data around. As you can imagine, uh, given all of these different processing units, we will need a scheduling 
system or platform or middle layer that can efficiently make use of the heterogeneous resources and computing capabilities. And at the same time, we want the heterogeneous hardware to be transparent to developers so that they can concentrate on the pro problems that they try to solve, not worrying about the different low level, uh, different processing units. Uh, so we really want to have this scheduling system or middle layer to make our developers' life easier and more effective when they are developing their applications and they are solving their own problems. This uh, heterogeneous computing uh, is still in early stage of development, but it will be an important technology to accelerate digital transformation in the future. It could be applied to a wide range of application scenarios, including scientific research, industrial simulation, digital twin, smart cities, financial analysis, vehicle scheduling, new drug discovery, energy consumption, and conservation and emission reduction. So really what I'm trying to say is sometimes we think the technology is far off in the future, but what we can do today is we can plan for the future. We can think about how to develop this technology today so that we are prepared for the future. And that's all I wanna talk with you today. And thank you, Laurel, for giving me this great opportunity. Oh. You're welcome. And that's a fantastic way to end. It's been such a great conversation with you today on the Business Lab podcast, Dr. Ray. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was Dr. Young Ray, Chief Technology Officer and Senior Vice President of Lenovo Group, who I spoke with from Cambridge, Massachusetts, the home of MIT and MIT Technology Review, overlooking the Charles River. That's it for this episode of Business Lab. I'm your host, Laurel Ruma. I'm the Global Director of Insights, the custom publishing division of MIT Technology Review. We were founded in 1899 at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And you can find us in print, on the web, and at events each year around the world. For more information about us and the show, please check out our website at technologyreview.com. This show is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll take a moment to rate and review us. Business Lab is a production of MIT Technology Review. This episode was produced by Jiro Studios. Thanks for listening. <laughs>